Welcome to the Evangel Temple Youth Ministries podcast. We pray that this message would be instrumental in God speaking to you and drawing you closer to Him. Now, here's today's sermon. I wasn't with you guys last week, but I hope you guys had an awesome Christmas break and a good New Year's. I prayed for you guys, and I just love being with you guys, so I hope you guys had an awesome break. Well, tonight, guys, we will be studying Philippians 3.12 through 4.1. Philippians 3.12 through 4.1. And if you have your Bibles or if you have your phones, you are more than welcome to follow me as we study this passage, or you guys can look on the screens and follow me there. So, let's read the passage. Philippians 3.12 through 4.1. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity tonight. Father, I ask that you would open up our hearts to the passage tonight, Father. God, you want to convey a message to everyone tonight in this room. So, Father, I ask that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, and to receive what you have tonight. Father, all of us come in here in this room with struggles, Father. And, God, I ask that you would lift up these struggles, God, and cradle these struggles, God, and be with every student in this room. We thank you, Father. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, tonight's message, guys, is entitled Growing in Holiness. Growing in Holiness. And tonight, we'll find that Paul is really trying to emphasize this idea of growth and how exactly we are to achieve holiness through growing. So before I get into the text, before I start preaching my heart out, I have one question for you guys, and that is, do any of you guys like fishing? Does anyone here like fishing at all? Never been? That's sad. Okay, so I see some hands. I'm pretty proud of you guys. I'm proud of you. Well, I think it was almost three years ago, so... The thing about me, if you ever hang out with me, I will almost always bring up that I love camping, I love hiking, I love fishing, I love being outside. And about three years ago, I had the opportunity to go shark fishing. Yeah, I got to go shark fishing. And so sharks are some of my favorite animals. And so when my friend said, do you want to shark fish with me? I was like, oh, yeah. I was pumped. Man, I was ready. So if you've ever been shark fishing before, has anyone ever been shark fishing before? One. Really? Yeah. So, shark fishing is completely different from fishing like in a lake or in a pond. You see, um, sharks are, if you know anything about sharks, they are almost pure muscle, which means anytime a shark makes any kind of movement, it's very strong. And so when you go shark fishing, you're actually like you're in a chair, 
and they strap you into this chair and you're given this huge pole and the pole is attached to your chair. And the reason why is because there's a fear of a shark biting the hook, going down, and you going down to the bottom of the sea with it. And no one wants that to happen because sharks are mean. And so we get on this boat. I'm pumped. I get in the chair and it's finally my turn. Everyone had caught all these giant sharks, it seemed like. And I thought, okay, it's my turn. I'm going to catch a big shark. I'm ready for it. Well, the captain pulled me aside because at the time, I mean, I'm still small, but I was really small back then. And so, because uh, these sharks are big and they kind of scared me. But he said, when you fish for a shark and when you get a bite, instead of like using, a, using the pole and just going up, you just have to start reeling. You have to start reeling the shark and just reel, 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 and don't stop. And he said, if you hesitate or fall back even once, you lose the shark, you lose your prize, adios. And so one thing he said to me that I don't think I'll ever, it's really cheesy, but I'll never forget it. But he said, strive towards the shark. He literally said, strive towards the shark. And so it doesn't make much sense, but I know what he was trying to say. So I'm ready, I'm sitting there, and then I finally get a bite. And so I'm like, okay, it's game time. So I get a bite, shark is really heavy, starting to reel, starting to reel, and my arm got sore really fast because this shark was fighting. Guys, this shark was fighting, and I assumed that it was some kind of great white shark or some whale shark, and so I thought, okay, whatever monster this is, it's mine. So I'm just, I'm reeling, I'm reeling. And since I'm small, the seatbelt didn't completely get to me. So I'm being flung all over the place. So I'm like swinging and I'm like praying. I'm like, Jesus, don't let me die. Jesus, don't let me die. But I tried to bring him in. I was trying and trying and I didn't stop until finally, on top of the waves, I saw the shark fin come out of the water. And guys, I started giggling like a little girl. I said, oh my gosh, there it is, there it is. I'm so excited. Like I was pumped. And so finally, the captain, he actually went to the edge of the boat, put his hands in the water, and he threw the shark into the boat. And so I expected, like I said, you know, I expected a great white shark or a tiger shark. And I had caught a baby bonnet head that was this big, this big. It wasn't even a hammerhead, guys. It was this look at, weird looking bonnet head. It was, man, I was not happy. But life's funny sometimes. So why on earth would I tell you guys this story? Well, because similarly to when the captain told me to keep striving towards the shark, Paul tells us to strive towards holiness. I know that was really cheesy, but I couldn't help it. But Paul really emphasizes striving towards holiness. And how we are to strive towards holiness is in the form of growth. And striving is a key step in our growth of our maturity in the spirit. So guys, we're going to pick this apart verse by verse, but we're going to start with verse 12. Verse 12 says this, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So immediately, right off the bat, Paul says he's obtained something. And so first we've got to ask, okay, Paul, what, what have you obtained? What are you talking about? And so to answer this question, we're going to go to Philippians 3, 10 through 11, and this is what he says. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So that's a long way of explaining holiness. So what he's talking about that he has obtained is holiness. And right off the bat, I want to clarify something. He says not that I have obtained this or am already perfect. When he says he's perfect, he's not talking like 
perfect, sinless human being. Like He's not talking about that. You see, in the Greek translation of this text, the Greek word for perfect is, and I am not a Greek student, I'm going to try my hardest, but the Greek word for perfect is teleo, teleo, it's something like that, something like that. And that word actually has three definitions. The definitions are being perfected, being completed, or reaching the goal. So in other words, he's saying, there is a goal in mind. Holiness was the goal, and I am trying to achieve the goal. And then later in the verse, Paul says this, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So what he's saying in this verse, guys, is he's saying, you know, Jesus, he was horribly tortured for me. He died a long-suffering death for me, and he rose for me. So I'm going to choose to follow him. You see, guys, we strive to be like God because God was holy. Jesus, they say he's the holiest of holies. And if we want to be like God, we want to be holy. And so I think that's the correct mindset we have to have when we want to grow towards holiness. Like, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus was the epitome of being holy, so I'm going to choose to be like him. We're going to go on to verse 13, where he says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So, first part of the verse, he says, I do not consider that I have made it my own. To me, it sounds like he's saying that this journey of this growth towards holiness is not a lonely journey. You see, guys, when you choose to grow towards holiness, God doesn't look at you, turn his back on you, and say, good luck. I hope you make it. It's not at all what he's saying. In other words, he's saying God is right there next to you, behind you, in front of you, guiding you graciously in this growth towards holiness. And then Paul says, Paul says this, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So I'm a Disney fan. And this verse, to me, sounds like what Rafiki says to Simba in The Lion King. Have you guys all seen The Lion King in here? You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. So the scene I'm talking about is, I'll set it up for you. So Simba, he's feeling really bad about himself because about something he did in his past. He looks up in the sky, and he had just seen Mufasa, and Rafiki comes up to him going, what was that? And he grabs his staff, and he hits him across the head. And Simba's like, why did you do that? And Rafiki says to him, it doesn't matter, it's in the past. And honestly, guys, I think there's a contrast between this verse and that saying. You see, guys, this verse for Paul was very personal. Because if you guys have done any studying on Paul, know anything about him, you would know that Paul originally was not a good person. You see, guys, Paul actually, he hated Christians. And he didn't just hate Christians, he persecuted many of them. And one thing that's interesting about this is I think that this is a key step if we want to choose to grow in holiness. You see, guys, Paul could have chosen to be stuck in the past and just sulk in his past and realize, okay, I'm a Christian now, but I've done all of this. But he's saying, don't do that. You see, guys, when you choose to grow in holiness, but you're stuck about something you've done in the past, you're not going to grow. You're going to stay right where you're at. Because you cannot think about something you've done, like maybe you did something 10 years, maybe you bullied someone or said something rude to your parents, or I have no idea. But if you're stuck on feeling sorry for things you did a while ago, but you also want to grow holy, you're not going to accomplish anything. You guys have to learn to let stuff like that go. Because 
if you're trying to look towards the future and you're trying to be like, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to grow towards holiness. That is my future. I'm going to be like God. However, I did this, I did this, and I feel really bad about it. It's good to feel bad about it, but it's also okay to let things go. And I think that's what Paul's trying to convey here in this text. You see, when Paul, probably thinking about his behavior, he probably felt embarrassed, he probably felt ashamed, and he probably even felt humiliated about his behavior towards Christians. But he says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I had this thought down, and I just wanted to share it with you guys tonight. The beauty of growth is looking forward to what is ahead rather than where you have come from. I'm going to say that one more time. The beauty of growth is looking forward to what is ahead rather than where you have come from. Let's go to verse 14, where he says this, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So, right off the bat, he says, I press on toward for the goal. Again, what is the goal? Well, we answered it previously. The goal is holiness. And he's saying, I'm going to press on towards holiness. I'm going to keep going, keep growing. I'm going to keep striving towards it. And the whole point of this verse right here is Paul seeking and growing towards holiness. And the verse ends with, of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So again, notice the language here. He says, he says upward. Now, when you plant a tree in your backyard, unless you have a weird-looking tree, when you plant it, usually it grows, right? I know there's some trees that like shrink and grow underground. I'm not talking about that. But when you plant a tree, it grows up, right? It's the same thing here. You see, when we grow towards holiness, when you're trying to grow towards holiness, you are constantly growing in knowledge, constantly growing in the spirit. And that's what Paul's trying to say in this verse. Verse 15 says this, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. So first phrase in this verse, Paul says, let those of us who are mature. And what, he, what he's referencing about being mature, he's, being, he's mentoring, excuse me, he's meaning spiritually mature. There, I said it. He means being spiritually mature. And one thing I find interesting about spiritually mature people is that they want to be like God. And if you want to be like God, God was a holy being. So, in other words, being spiritually mature is realizing, okay, I've got to grow in holiness if I want to be like God. So that's why he says, let's think this way. Let's be spiritually mature. Let's go towards holiness. That's the dream. Because if you think about it, spiritually mature people, they want to be like God. So, and then later, this verse, God says, if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Now, one thing I kind of think of this verse is, have you guys ever been in the middle of maybe a project at school or maybe a chore at home or something, and then a leader, a parent, a teacher, maybe even a pastor come up to you, and they say, hey, you're not doing it wrong, you know, you're not doing it right, do it this way. Has that ever happened to you guys before? Yeah, it happens, I mean, it's probably happened to everyone, guys, I mean, it's happened to me quite often. And so I think that's what he's saying God will do. If your thoughts are distracting, if you're hanging out with friends that want you to do things not of the spirit, if you're listening to music that doesn't encourage you to pursue holiness, God's going to reveal that to you because God wants us to be holy. Now, guys, I view verse 16 as a warning in case you decide to fall back from God. Verse 16 says this, only let us hold true to what we have obtained. 
So this seems to be a callback to Philippians 2.16, where Paul says, holding fast to the word of life. And what does he mean by hold fast? He means hold it tight. Don't let it go. Keep it on you at all times. So it's like what he's saying in verse 16 is when you're at a certain point in your growth of the Holy Spirit and towards holiness, don't stop. Stay there. What you have learned from the Spirit, what you've learned from others that are encouraging you to grow towards the Spirit, keep it close to you. Don't let it go. Don't fall back. And right now we're going to jump into verses 17 and 18 where Paul says this, Brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. So, if you guys have read many of Paul's teachings, <clears throat> Paul says, imitate me quite often. And here's some examples for you. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, where he says, become imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Galatians 4.12, I ask you, brothers, become like me, because I also have become like you. You have done me no wrong. Paul is asking the church to be like him. And honestly, guys, the reason why is because Paul was the perfect living model of how to grow towards, towards holiness. You see, Paul had a, he had a bad past. He did not do good things. But he came to Christ, and he realized, you know what? If I want to be like God, I have to be holy. I have to grow towards this idea of being holy. And so he strives towards it. And one thing about, so when he says to be, to be like me, and you choose to be like Paul, people will notice that, and people will actually want to copy you. You see, it's just not a two-sided equation here. See, it's kind of, I see it kind of as a train. You see, this person trains this person. Then that person trains the other person. And it keeps going on and on and on, almost kind of like an endless loop. So that's why he says imitate me, because there will be positive implications of that. Then Paul says, for many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. <sighs> have you guys ever witnessed a friend or a loved one just completely fall from God? Like choose to just maybe not, not stop going to church, maybe choosing to just completely fall from God and live a complete different lifestyle? I'm sure you guys have all seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. I had this one friend who, um, he was crazy in tune with the Spirit. Like, he was one of those guys that he was so wise that anytime he would open up his mouth, everyone would lean in because he always spoke wisdom. And I honestly, I thought he was as close to the Spirit of God as a human could possibly get. And I have no idea what happened. I don't know if something happened in the church. I don't know if it was a bad relationship, but it's like overnight, he just stopped. He said, never mind. And now to see him live the life that he lives now, it's heartbreaking. It's hard for me to see him that way. That's why Paul says, even tell you with tears, because it breaks his heart. And also, it breaks God's heart. It's like they're disobeying Verse 16, where Paul says, only let us hold true to what we have obtained. It's like he's saying, you know, these people, they were growing towards holiness. They were doing just fine. And then all of a sudden, they got to a certain point, And then they just stopped. They just fell away completely. And guys, as we're going to see in a few verses, there are some dangerous implications of that. Let's go to verse 19. 
where he says this, their end is their destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Paul is saying these people fell from God. They chose to fall from God. These people chose earthly desires over holiness. These people chose to worship sin, not God. These people fell back into sin and they just stayed there. Instead, this is kind of cheesy, but I thought it fits perfectly. Because when we're going towards holiness, we're constantly moving, we're constantly going up. And instead of continuing to actively pursue holiness, they stopped and made a pit stop into sin and realized, I'm just going to stay here. In other words, that's what they're doing. But Paul's honestly really blunt when he says, what will happen to those that choose to act like this? He says right here, their end is their destruction. What he's referencing here, guys, I know it's really blunt, but what he's referencing here is eternal damnation. He's referencing hell. And so I'm just, like I said earlier, there are dangerous implications. If you choose to fall from the spirit, if you choose to live the ways of this earth, there are dangerous implications. But Paul uplifts, uplifts, uplifts this, excuse me, with verse 20, where he says this, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now see you guys, back in ancient Near Eastern times when the Bible takes place, this verse is actually a big political statement. You see uh, some little background on the church of Philippi, but that region of the world was filled up of Roman soldier veterans who maybe fought for Rome or served under Rome, and they were very proud of their citizenship. They were beyond proud to call themselves Romans. You see, back in biblical times, citizenship or where you came from, what your blood meant to you, that was a serious, people were proud of that, you know. And so for Paul to say, but our citizenship is in heaven, that's actually, that's a political statement saying, he's trying to challenge them, he's trying to make them think. In other words, those of us in this room that choose to pursue holiness, our citizenship isn't here on this earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. And that's one of the implications of choosing to grow towards holiness. Is our, we're not going to be here the whole time. We are going to be in heaven one day. And those who pursue holiness, have our original citizenship will forever be in heaven. Verse 21 says this, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that, enable, that enables him to subject all things for himself. So I wanted to clarify something real fast. So when he says, who will transform our lowly body, he's not calling us low lowlifes. So that came up to me a few days ago. Someone asked me about that. It's not what that means. When he says our lowly body, he's talking about our earthly body. Because when we go to heaven, our spirit goes to heaven, but our body stays here. And honestly, it's incredible. Because look what it says will happen who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. In other words, he's saying right here, Jesus will indeed make us holy. See, what Paul's trying to send a message to is like, this isn't growing towards holiness. It's not just a race that doesn't have a finish line. That's not what Paul's trying to say. He said, as we choose to grow towards holiness, as we become spiritually mature and grow towards Christ, he will make us holy indeed. Now, I did want to clarify something out of this verse real fast. And um, from studying this, many people get confused by what this verse means. So I'm going to clarify it real fast. 
You cannot do works and then all of a sudden be holy. And you might say, Jackson, what the heck are you talking about? No amount of good deeds can make you holy. God doesn't look at you and say, you know what? You were nice to the new kid at school today. Boom, you're holy. Or maybe he goes to the other person. He doesn't say, you know what? He didn't rebel against his parents today. Holy. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying here is that those who are spiritually mature will choose to grow towards holiness, and as a result of that, then God will make us holy. Paul concludes the passage with 4.1, saying this, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So Paul ends this whole idea of growing towards holiness, this whole idea of growth, by saying stand firm. Another way to put it, what you've learned in growing towards holiness, stand firm in it. What you've gained from other people that are holy or what are trying to gain holiness as well, stand firm in their teachings. And stand firm so that others will see you pursue holiness and will want to imitate you as well. So, at the end of all this, if you, didn't, if you guys didn't get anything out of what I've told you so far, there are three instructions that I would like for you guys to note down. If you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, I would love for you guys to write these down because I think these will benefit you. One, strive towards holiness. You see, as we grow in life, physically, mentally, our focus needs to be on holiness. Our focus needs to be on things of God. So strive towards holiness. Holiness, that's the goal. Number two, don't fall back. Because as Paul said earlier, there are some, ne- there are some negative implications of it if we fall back. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. When he says stand firm, he really means it. Because being tempted by this world, comments of, these peop- comments of people of this world telling you not to pursue holiness, it's not going to be like a simple nudge like, hey, come do this with us, or hey, come do this sin. It's going to hit you guys like a tidal wave. It's going to hit you guys really hard. So he's saying stand firm in your teachings. And stay close to God. Stay close to God. Nothing more I can say about that. Just stay close to God. If you guys would like to stand with me real fast, we're going to go ahead and go into our time of prayer. And I challenge everyone in this room to ask God to show you how to pursue holiness because it may look different for everyone. And I also challenge you guys to pray, if you're falling away, that he would reveal to you how you're falling away. So, amen? Amen. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you want to find out more about our youth ministry or any other ministry here at Evangel Temple, you can visit our website at etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.